Hello, hello, and welcome to the Lioness Podcast with me, your host, Jane Lyon. So today I'm very excited. I have a guest host on the show, Miss Emily Balzana, aka Seeking Serenity. I was on her show a while back. And we just had such a great conversation that I knew that I wanted to have her back on my show someday. So I wanted to get on and make an introduction for this show because, you know, I was just listening to it and I just finished editing it. And um, while I'm not the biggest believer in trigger warnings, I do want to say a few things about what we talk about in the show. Um, While Emily doesn't say like, oh, I had an eating disorder. She says it wasn't anything that bad. I think whenever somebody says that, they're kind of cutting themselves short of how traumatizing their experience probably actually was. When I was on Emily's show, I opened up to her about my experience and my history with anorexia. And I think that when people hear how bad it was for me, they kind of compare and they think, oh, what I went through wasn't that bad, so I must not have had any eating disorder. It doesn't really matter if you think you did or you didn't. If you're struggling with eating food or with binging or purging, my love, you deserve help. You deserve support. I do not want you to wait until it gets so bad that you have to check yourself into treatment. Please. Please, please. And that's why I wanted to start this introduction. My hope, my hope is that nobody relates to anything that we're saying on this show. My hope is that you are all listening like, wow, that must have been really hard for you guys. But if there's somebody listening and even right now, like you're feeling triggered or scared or fearful about what I'm saying, just like take a breath in. You're okay. You're safe. I'm here for you. And so... What got me thinking about this is as I was listening, she mentioned, um, like for me, it was crazy how my body was so triggered when she mentioned like pro-Anna tumblers. And as I was editing it, I started thinking about how I would find this deep, infinite world in Tumblr on that subject. And then when I decided that I wanted to start recovering, I could not find one supportive piece of content online. I was looking anywhere, anywhere for a video of someone on YouTube or Instagram who said, I've survived an eating disorder and this is my experience and I'm here to share it with you and I'm here to support you. I remember I found one video of Demi Lovato in an interview saying how she overcame her eating disorder and went through treatment. And that inspired me so much. And that was all I had, you guys, back in 2013. That was all I had. Another thing that I started thinking about, which is crazy, but um, I was going to mention this to Emily and it just didn't even come up. During the pandemic, I wrote a book. (laughs) Like, I forget that I did this. When the pandemic started, I wrote a book, you guys. It is 14 chapters. It's a book. And it's called Call Your Spirit Back, How to Heal from an Eating Disorder. And I planned to, you know, try to get 
a doctor to co-write this book with me. I planned to try to get it published. I planned to make a course out of it. I had all these big dreams for this book. And writing the book, I think, was the therapy that I needed to just let go of that part of my life. And I've never wanted to come back to it. And then as I'm listening to this show, I'm thinking, you know, I said, I hope no one out there has any of these issues. And then I thought, well, what if someone does? And I've got this 14-chapter book that I'm withholding in a, in a world where there really isn't very much support, you guys. There really isn't. And so I thought, I can't just like put this episode out there, A, without a trigger warning, and B, without some sort of guidance on support. And so while I'm not here to say I'm going to publish that book or make a course out of it, if, if that calling comes my way, I have that content all ready to go. But my point is, if you're struggling at all, even this just the slightest bit, you're having a little bit of fear around food, you're having a little bit of issues, you're just like lightly touching on it, you deserve to get help. And what you should do is get help before it gets worse. And I want you to know there is absolutely no shame in this. So A, I want you to tell me, I want, I want, <laughs> I don't need you to tell me, I want to tell you that you can reach out to me for support. You can message me if you want to and let me know what you're struggling with and I will support you without a doubt, easily, okay? If you don't want to reach out to me because that's like extremely vulnerable and you might be very shy, I want you to contact the NEDA helpline, okay? So I'm going to give you the number and I want you to write it down. You can call them or you can text them. Their hours aren't super consistent. So if someone doesn't get back to you right away, just like hold tight, they will get back to you. So you can either call 1-800-931-2237 or you can text that number 1-800-931-2237. You can also go to the nationaleatingdisorders.org website and you can online chat somebody. Um, there's a crisis text line if you are like in a really, really, really bad spot right now or after you listen to it or if something comes up, like I want you to write these numbers down, okay? You can text NEDA to the number 741741, okay? Text NEDA to 741741. And that is when someone can get right back to you 24-7. Okay, babe, like you do not have to let it get worse before it gets better. You can get better and you can live a life like me where I look in the mirror and I'm like, you look fucking hot. What do you want to eat today? What do you want to cook today? You're loving life and you're not miserable. Okay, so I just wanted to like make that super clear before you listen to this podcast. Um, other than that, you know, Emily is gorgeous, amazing. I love listening to her talk. I don't know why. I love her opinions. You know, she is growing into herself right now. And I just, I had so much fun making this conversation and then editing it and listening to it again. So check it out. I'd love to know what you think. And if you need support, please, please reach out to me. I'm here for you. I love you and enjoy the show.
Okay, hello, hello, and welcome to Lioness Podcast with me, your host, Jane Lyon. Today I have a special guest host. Um, I would call her a dear IG friend, but you've also had some readings from me. You've been in some of my classes. You're kind of like a student of mine, and uh, her name is Emily Bal... Is it Balzana or Balzana? It's Balzana, but I just have kind of learned to listen to either. (laughs) Just accept it. I know. I totally wanted to ask you that before I started. Um, And I just, before we even hit record, I was just like, can I call you a body love influencer? Because that's, are you okay if I just throw this label on you? Because that's what I see you as. Um, And she has a great podcast called Seeking Serenity. You may know, I think a lot of people think that your name is Serenity, because. I've had a lot of those messages. A lot of people think I'm Serenity, and I'm like, no, sorry. For this. <laughs> I just, the reason behind that is I have a tattoo that says Serenity, and originally oh. I wanted to make the podcast cover, the tattoo, oh. and so that was why I called it that, and I liked the alliteration. But Oh, my gosh. I'm that is so <laughs> funny. Yeah, so I was on Seeking Serenity a while back, and – when people would follow me, they'd be like, I was on Serenity's show. Like, I, I found you through her. So happy. <laughs> I know. And I'm like, oh, you mean, do you know that's actually Emily? But <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Would you like to just kind of introduce yourself and tell our, my audience what you're all about? Yes. So, as Jane would say, I would say I'm a body love coach. I've kind of taken a step back from like actively pursuing coaching in more of like a one-on-one coaching program sense. Um, And I recently took a little bit of a break from Instagram, but so I had a podcast. Um, I'm just, it's on a hiatus right now. Um, I would say I went, I was a person that made an Instagram account to share originally was just to share my fitness journey. I just wanted to make a page that was like my progress and post cute motivation posts. And then it just kind of transformed more into just general positivity with fitness. Um, And then it kind of transformed. I was a self-proclaimed body positivity coach. And then after kind of learning more about the definitions and what I kind of believed in, I kind of strayed more from that into just a general body love, just to love yourself coach, Mm -hmm. I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, And so now I'm just a person. As Jane would say, I'm still a coach, but I'm just not actively doing it on the Instagram coach. But um, I work at the public defender's office as a client advocate day to day. So I help people get into drug and alcohol treatment adult babysit, all of the things that they need me to do. And right now I'm just kind of just figuring it out and would eventually want to, you know, I think I do want to start the podcast again and get back into the realm of growth and all the things magical about that little Instagram space that we were, Mm -hmm. that we are in. But right now I'm just a person trying to be happy and be happy towards (laughs) others. I love it. And yeah, I would say, You went through kind of a, it's kind of like a self-development coaching burnout where you get a little bit, it's like too much content coming in. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm so inspired by you and why I admire you so much because you were just like, whoa, I'm going to step away from all of this 
and like come back to myself and just be who I am. And, and I might be like a little sneaky in inviting you on my show because I'm like, I, I think you're a great podcaster and I think that you have a talent for it. So go check out Seeking Serenity, her podcast. Um, and you're based in Philadelphia, right? Yep. I grew up in a small town, like a couple hours away, but I've been in Philly since I went to college. I went to Temple and I have not left. Okay. And you like living there? I like it. I wish I could have the people, the things I have, just a little bit more nature mixed in. Mm, yeah. I wish I was a little bit more in, I would like if I could morph Oregon and Philly, I would be perfect. <laughs> it's just completely on the opposite <laughs> side of the country. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love it. I love Philly. I love the people here. I just am craving more nature. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I can so see you living in Eugene, Oregon. That's where I went to college. Like my step family lives in Oregon. I've been to yeah. Oregon a couple times, and it's just I feel called to Oregon. I just yeah, I have a really close relationship with my parents, so mm-hmm. don't know where across the country. Where in Oregon does your family live? Um, they moved recently, I, but they I think it's like around Eugene. I don't remember exactly. Okay. I think they were living in like Corvallis. Is that what okay. it is? Mm-hmm. Um, but my step cousins, they just bought a, uh, they have like a whole, like they're living off the grid in Oregon. They don't Sweet. have, they're just like living their life. They all live together. It sounds magical. They just don't have plumbing. I think I'm not quite there. I think I would want to live <laughs> off the grid with electricity. Yeah. Yeah. There's plenty of that available in Oregon. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, yeah, I hang out up there a lot. I'm headed up there uh, next month. So maybe we can hang out up there on the coast sometime. Ooh, that'd be fun. Yeah. Okay. So let's just dive into things. I think that like the first thing that I want to talk about is the social media break that you took. And mm-hmm. there was a podcast episode that you made about like our addiction to our phones. And it was based on a book. What was the book called? How to break up with your phone? I think so. Yeah. Let me look at, I have it. I have all my books that I read this year. I think it's called how to break up with your phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how to break up your with your phone by Catherine Price. It was really and good. that book like really influenced you. Yeah, it definitely just kind of opened my eyes. Like, I mean, everyone we all know we're addicted to social media. Like, no one you don't mm-hmm. need a book. You don't need to read a book to get that. <laughs> but that book was kind of it. Just had a little more like facts. Like, I I think in the way I kind of talked on my podcast is I like to have you know, ideas and thoughts, but I also like to have like scientific studies or like, Mm -hmm. this is how this is actually affecting you mixed in with like your opinion. So I, that's why I liked the book a lot, but I, so I definitely was getting to a point where I just wasn't having fun with the whole, like, it was like this realm of positivity was becoming suffocating. Like that little (laughs) community that we had on Instagram and it still exists obviously, but And I think I noticed a lot of people kind of getting burnt out, like right around the same time. Like, I feel like a lot of the people that I will follow that I will go and, you know, I would check in every once in a while. Like I would download Instagram for like an hour on Saturday and look or Sunday when I was just laying on the couch. But I feel like a lot of people all at the same time kind of got to the point where I was like, this is too much. Like for the good part of a year, I spent all of my time, like, stopped reading fiction books. I love fiction novels. Mm. Stopped reading them. 100% self-help books. Only self-help podcasts. 
every minute of my day was scrolling on Instagram, looking at coaches. Then the book I would read would be basically a coach writing a book. And it was just all I was listening to. And it just kind of counteracted and made me question everything I was doing was not enough. Mm -hmm. Even though I was trying so, so, so hard to counteract that (laughs) to be better to grow to evolve to I got addicted to growth because for since I would say I mean probably for the past two years I've been mostly on an upward trajectory with like a couple Mm -hmm. bumps in the road but especially starting in July of last year I moved into a new apartment out of my college apartment that harbored a lot of negativity it was the we called it the depression dungeon there was just a lot of mental illness and darkness in the basement Mm -hmm. there and Mm -hmm. I moved out and it was like instantly like a new person and then for the rest of that year I was not in the Instagram world wasn't coaching or anything and I just felt like I was getting better and better and better and then I did a confidence coaching program felt like I was growing and better and I just got to the Mm -hmm. point where I was like I'm not going up. I feel a Mm -hmm. stark decline. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't feel excited about any of the stuff that was once Mm -hmm. like, oh my God, this is revolutionary information. And I was like, I need to just take a break. And so for, I would say almost a month, I didn't have Instagram on my phone for more than like a couple hours a week. Now I right now have it where I have a, um, like a timer on my phone that is all of my social media apps combined. I have an hour. Mm -hmm. I go over it sometimes, (laughs) but I I try not to because it was like life changing how much better it felt to not constant. And like, and what's crazy about it was I felt like it wasn't negative to be on social media that much because I was only consuming positive stuff. Mm-hmm. I had gone through my page. I had unfollowed all the people that I compared myself to, or I thought yeah. I had unfollowed all the people whose bodies triggered my thoughts. And, but it got to the point where I was following people that I just loved so much. And then I came to resent because it was like, I don't know. I couldn't get, it, it turned from like inspiration to jealousy and mm-hmm. like I had to, I had to take a break. <laughs> Interesting. I love the, like what the message is here because there's something that I've just, maybe it's because like I am a Tibetan Buddhist nerd and that's more what I'll get addicted to. Like it was never the self-development stuff for me that I was hooked on, but I know how it feels to listen to a podcast that like some coach or inspirational speaker has made. And you're like so inspired by it that day and it lifts you up and it motivates you. And then the next day you're like, give me another one. Give me another one. Give me Mm -hmm. another one. And then you're like, let me find more people. Let me find more books and more coaches and more people who can influence me to get that. It's like a high that you're riding. And, and so then I start to notice that I'll have days where I'm like maybe feeling a little bit sensitive or maybe like not feeling my best. And the last thing I need is to listen to some coach tell me like five ways to like break through your laziness or like whatever, because all Mm. it's going to do is make me feel like I'm not doing enough and like I'm not growing enough and like I'm not evolving enough. And I think for like, if you're listening you're probably aware of the coaching industry. I am in it. Like, I will not say that I'm not, but I want you to make sure that you're giving yourself 
breaks from this content. And that you're, you know, if you do a program afterwards, you take a break and you, you, you do digest it all. After you read an amazing self-help book, go read something else, pick up a, the sutras, like pick up anything else. And because what it's gonna do is constantly, the inspiration starts to fade and the feeling of not enoughness starts to arise. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we're all feeling when we look at our Instagrams. Yeah, it's like I said, it's just like you think, how could this be negatively affecting me? It's only Mm -hmm. people telling me to be my best. It's only Mm -hmm. people encouraging me and should be expanding me. And it just once you get to a certain point, it's like, okay, I'm full of that. (laughs) I need to, (laughs) you know, I need to integrate that. Exactly. And so now, like, I still love reading self-help books Mm -hmm. all the time. But what I do is I read a shit ton of psychological thrillers and novels and books that I like. And then I'll read. I love reading when I'm doing cardio at the gym. So I'll download. Yeah, I know. I, (laughs) for some reason, like books or listening to music or watching things doesn't occupy my brain enough to think about the fact that like, I don't really love the Stairmaster. I just want, Mm -hmm. you know, so what I'll do is I download books onto my phone and then I pretty much now just read self-help books on my phone. So I'll just get, wow. you know, like 30 or 40 minute intervals of it. But then I read all my books that are, mm, you know, I love it. Just stories. You're, and yes. I felt like, why would I waste my time reading a book that doesn't have a point? <laughs> These books still have a point just because I don't, the point isn't on the cover, you know? Oh my gosh. I am. I like love that you brought this up because I'm a huge book nerd. Like my greatest asset is my book collection. And I literally, and again, for me, it was the Buddhist stuff. Why would I read something that isn't Buddhist? Why, why would I do that? Mm-hmm. Or why would I read something that isn't going to help me be better at meditating? And then I like look at some of my favorite novels and I think like, wait, I want to feel how I felt while I was reading that great book about a person that doesn't even exist. That's a total story. Mm-hmm. And I like forgot how much I loved novels. And now I really, really try like, okay, last thing I read was like self-help. Now I'll read a memoir. Next I'll read a novel. Then I can mm-hmm. get another Tibetan Buddhist book because like I have to, to, you know, spread it out. And so I just love that you brought that up because I was the same way. And for someone who loves literature, like allow the amazing story and inspiration that comes through a novel to be just as important as, you know, any of Joe Dispenza's books. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think for that, like the, I think one of the big things that taking a break from Instagram in the space and, you know, just specifically the book thing, cause that was a big thing for me because I had a goal for myself this year. I wanted to read a hundred books. And at the beginning of the year, my trajectory was great. I had planned out Mm -hmm. how many I needed to read roughly like a month. And I was doing it. I was because I started off reading. I was reading the Harry Potter series. I got through it in like two weeks because it was all (laughs) I was doing. We were still really pandemic-y. I mean, we're still really pandemic. Like we were really stuck at home still. Mm -hmm. And then I got to like books like 30 or something because all the rest of them were self-help books. And I was like, I I can't do this anymore. Like it's not, we're not going to do it. And then ever since I took that break, I'm on book 74 now and I'm still, cause I was like, Oh, you know, I'll just settle. I'll read 50 and that'll be good. I'll still feel accomplished, which I would have, but I'm now almost wow. on, I'll be by the end of the month. 
I have three days. I want to read one more. So I have 15 to read the rest two months, but the numbers don't matter. But the point Mm -hmm. that I found from taking the break on Instagram and doing, you know, reading books that I found is it's okay to do things without a purpose. That's not necessarily Mm -hmm. going to get you a step further. Like I was like, why would I make a post on Instagram if it's not trying to sell something or if it's not marketing or if it's not to get another follower. And this Mm -hmm. is funny because when we were talking a minute ago, before the podcast, we were just talking about how my boyfriend had asked me, are you ever going to start the podcast again? And I was like, well, no, because I'm not posting (laughs) as a coach. So why would like, I'm not promoting it. So like, I'm not trying to get new followers. And I was like, I can do things because I want to. And only because I want to. Mm -hmm. And I think the break, I mean, from social media has been just great from, you know, the comparison, all that. But I think the biggest thing that it's taught me is I can just do things because they're fun. And Mm -hmm. that in itself is still you on a path of growth. It doesn't have to be something that's like, like you said, reading a meditation book or, you know, Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be that to still making you better than you were yesterday. And I lost sight of that. Oh, oh my goodness. Wow. Oh, I feel like there were so many, <laughs> so many, <laughs> yeah, like there's so many things that I want to say back to you. And I think that like, it's interesting how I like felt a ding when you said like marketing, because that was it for me. I got to a point where I was just doing what I said I would do in the way that I said that I would run my business. Like it's October. I open sunrise. I do this whole campaign. I get all these new members in. And like every time I had to do that, it was literally like, no, it was like this really awkward, like kind of reminds me of like when my dog won't come on the leash and he's sitting there, you know, and you're like, come on. And he's like, no, that was me towards like one of my favorite programs that I run. Like, I still love running that program. And I was like, come on, Jane. Like, it's like I would come into my office and be like, okay, sit down and do it. And then like, nope. And I would just like walk away and go do something else. And I was like, you're losing your mind. You're losing, like, you're losing it. And I just thank God like this. Luckily, I like had a therapy session that week. And it was the first time I walked in there and been like, I need to talk about my business because I I think I'm losing my mind. And I walked out of there with just like, again, the most peaceful feeling ever. I was telling you before we started recording, I went home and I said, Bruna, I'm done marketing my business. I've been marketing the shit out of my business for the last year and a half. I'm done. I don't know how long it's going to be for, but I'm going to take a break. No Instagram, no emails. I'm going to keep making my podcast because that's like a genuine service. And I'm not trying to get anything in return out of that. And oh my God, my whole nervous system just calmed down so much. And, and here's the funny thing that I'll, I'll tell you, but I like, I want, you know, my audience to hear that same week, the, the, the software that I use to run my membership, to run my whole virtual yoga studio, they upgraded and they changed everything. And the whole entire site was a mess. And my students were messaging me like, Jane, I can't find this. And I'm like, what's happened? And my assistant and I are on it every day trying to get it back into place. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yo, I could not have launched 
and then invited people in and had this site been like a complete mess. It was like, again, a gift from spirit, just being like, now's not a good time, Jane. I know you, I know you do this every October, but you don't have to do it because you said you would. Like no one gives a shit. And it's just so funny because now, then after that, one of my students is like, Jane, could we meet later than 7 a.m.? Because it's really early and like, it's been really hard for me to make it to class. And when she asked me that, I was like, that is very bold of you to ask me to change the meeting time for my entire program. And then I started mentioning it to other students and they would be like, yeah. And then everybody was like, can we meet later? And we just did this whole voting thing. No one actually wants to get up at seven. So then once again, I'm like, thank God I didn't spend two weeks in a campaign for the program because it was shifting. And that's why that's why it wasn't there. And now I'm like so excited about my sunrise program. And it's because I just put it all on the shelf for like a month and just my, my, my clients didn't disappear. My followers didn't disappear. Like no one, no one cared. Nobody cared at all. Everything was fine. So for anyone listening, I think the biggest red flag for me that I'm going to be aware of is when this not enoughness voice comes into my head, tells me I need to post, I need to get a TikTok, I need to make reels, like I should do this, I should do that. That is a huge sign that you just should stop. I 100% agree with you because that was one of the things I loved Instagram. I felt like so in love with the coaching space, whatever the community is, whatever anyone wants to label it, of mm-hmm. the people on Instagram that we all know. Um, <laughs> and I fell so in love with it so quick and it was so fun. Mm-hmm. And then every day, instead of, um, instead of being like, I feel really inspired every day, my to-do list was post an Instagram, post a couple stories post this and it was just not fun and I started working with the coach and it was all about strategy of how you can get 10k months instantly and that's great like I'm so happy that there is a space that people have the opportunity to push that and not push that but like help other people do that but it just was not driving with me I was like Mm -hmm. I I don't want to only post on Instagram if I'm selling I don't want to have to have Monday be my marketing post and Tuesday be my testimonial posts I just want to post and now that I just post when I want again it's like I still I still feel good again because I had this realization when I was on my walk I was like I'm still the point of what I wanted to do this whole time was just post what I wanted to that I thought looked cool and maybe make someone smile and now I feel like I'm doing that again and I'm not like Mm. I'm marketing I'm trying to message people Mm -hmm. and another thing I was so scared of and this is so stupid stupid looking back was I got so overwhelmed by my Instagram feed that I wasn't enjoying my space on like my seeking serenity page opposed to just my page of all my like home and high school friends and I was so afraid to unfollow all of the people that I had followed that were random people that I barely ever connected with that Mm -hmm. I followed because I was like I gotta follow 20 people a day in hopes that they follow me back and that's just like so un like attainable to I was like I don't know who anyone on my Instagram feed was so when I went back this time I I was following like 1400 people I'm now following like 200 or something Wow! and I lost like two or 300 followers from all the people that you know followed for follow back and that's fine but that was something I was so scared to do was because I was like well 
you know, this coach that I have tells me I need to follow and message 20 people a day. I can't unfollow them because I'm, they might unfollow me. Oh my God. So dumb. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Like mess. And I think this is something that, uh, we all need to think more about. Like if you're hiring a coach and they're suggesting that this is a strategy that you should do and it just doesn't resonate with you, then just don't do it. Like just because you're paying them doesn't mean you have to do it. And even saying like, yeah, like I love that idea, but it really doesn't resonate with like the organic way I want to run things. And, and that's the thing we want it to be organic. And so we want to pick and choose which strategy is supportive to us that feels aligned with us, but we can't like welcome in all the strategy. Like, Mm -hmm. and again, I think what we're, what we're talking about here is the, the masculine business strategy and the feminine business strategy. And I think for me, when I started my business, I was, I was getting into that masculine to get it up and running. And now I'm in a place where I'm just like, let's just flow and receive and allow. And I think that for you, you're not like trying to leave your nine to five. You're not like, I hate my job. I want to go make millions and millions of dollars. I wish that pe- like pe- coaching started off as like a side thing, like a side hustle where you have like a few clients that you're supporting because like you genuinely love supporting people. Mm. And, and so I guess I feel sad that people get kind of influenced into thinking it need- that your journey needs to look like someone else's and mirror someone else's when what we've learned from the Akashic Records is that we're here to totally forge our own path and if you're walking down a path and it looks like it has been dug out and groomed for you, it's probably not your path. It's someone else's. I love that you brought up the nine to five thing because something that I fell into this like instant, like the coaching trap of like, well, all I want is to be working four hours a week on a beach in Costa Rica doing whatever I want. You know, like it was this like, I think I felt so obsessed with the ideas that Mm -hmm. the lifestyle of that a lot of the coaches were living and like Mm -hmm. no shade like I would love to be living in a Mm -hmm. island and doing nothing or obviously doing things but not Mm -hmm. having to actively work but I almost tricked myself into thinking I absolutely despised my nine to five job and I'll be honest I don't love it you know I don't I'm not like obsessed with it but Mm -hmm. I also don't hate it nearly as much now that I'm not comparing it to everyone that was waking up and sitting at home and mm. all of those things. Now that's just mm-hmm. like, I'm so happy for people. Like I see you post and you're like, I'm working from the bathtub today. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> you fucking work from the bathtub. Before it was like, I was looking at people and I was like, it was so forced. And it was mm-hmm. like what you said, like I started off just posting because it was fun and I wanted to make people feel good. And then it became, well, I don't like my job. So it's a means to an end to become this work from home you know, I have to do mm-hmm. this. And it was like, I, I brainwashed myself by the people that I was following and seeing following so many coaches. Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. the thing. Follow a couple coaches, follow yeah. the coaches that feel really good to you, but you don't need to see every single person's perspective no. mm-hmm. because then it's just, it just feels so forced. It starts to make you think that I should want this specific lifestyle. That's exactly what I was trying to get out. What's that sentence right there? Exactly. And it's because like, 
all it is is good marketing, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, that works. <laughs> right? Like, it's great marketing, this idea that, like, I'm jetting off here and I'm jetting off there. And it's really funny because I've been an avid traveler my entire life. I usually would leave the country, like, at least four times a year. And before the pandemic started, like, I had... I mean, even during the pandemic, I still left the country. I've still traveled plenty. And it's funny because when was it? I think it was my first big trip I took to Nepal. I was like, this is it. I'm leaving it all behind. I'm going to go to Nepal. I'm going to probably live there. And then I'm probably going to become some nomad and wander around. And like three weeks into living at the monastery, I was like, I love being from America. I love my like clean little city. I love my bedroom. I love the food that we eat. And I just like had this big awakening of like, we think that it's cooler to go live somewhere else and just like leave our lives. And I thought, I genuinely thought I'm gonna stay here and become a nun or like a nomad or what, like I really did. And I got there and was like, this is definitely one of the most amazing experiences of my lifetime. And I cannot wait to go back to my life in Salt Lake City where I do what I do. And I, it actually, I became more proud of being a Westerner. And I also realized this jet setter lifestyle, I kept pushing it. I went back to Nepal. I went to Thailand. I went to Brazil. I'm doing all these things. Every time I'm out of the country for more than a few weeks, I'm like, I miss my home. I miss the mountains. I miss what's familiar to me. Like, this idea of people who are nomads i'm like you're amazing because i could not do that i I could not live that lifestyle and i thought for so long i thought for so long that that's what i wanted and every time i would do it i would be like okay i'm ready to go back to like just my regular consistent life and so even those of us who are in the coaching industry i have to remind myself that just because i work from my laptop doesn't mean that I have to be jet setting all the time. I can be super happy hanging out at home every day, all day, you know? So for anyone listening, like when you look online, you're being given projections of how you think that your life should look. And I want you to really like look deep down and remember that you get to ask yourself, what do I really want? Like, it's totally chill to be like, I want a solid nine to five, a solid salary, a husband, a baby, a house, like, I don't know when we decided that there was something bad about having like a traditional life. I agree. I definitely, I think the thing is, I would love to have like, a, I mean, I kind of what I'm doing now, which is what makes me not mad, but like makes me look back and be like, why was I so, so against this was mm-hmm. right now I'm kind of working like a hybrid schedule. So like mm-hmm. um, Monday, Monday, I was working from home Tuesday and Friday of this week, I'm going into the office and then today and yesterday. So Monday and Thursday, I'm working from home. And like, that is great for me. I love Mm -hmm. being in the office, working the job and being home. But from what you said on that with the travel thing, oh my God, I, if I could go back and tell myself that I oddly enough, and I won't say I don't like travel at all. I do enjoy specific trips I've taken. I've always, you know. I love seeing new things, but I am in the minority. I don't really like traveling that much. Traveling <laughs> makes me anxious. I don't like to be out of my home for too long. I like being home with my dogs and my things and my stuff. Mm-hmm. And 
I am very content going on one week long trip a year and maybe a couple mm-hmm. weekend trips. And I don't want to be one of those people that I used to be like, why am I not going like all these places over summer? How are people affording all these trips? And now I'm just like, enjoy your trips. I'm going to enjoy my night in with mm-hmm. my book and oh, I'm going to be happy that. doing that. <laughs> and I, it was funny even before coaching, like before I saw anyone on Instagram, anyone that anyone listening to this podcast or anyone is involved with, I fell into this, tra- not trap, but I get really obsessed with like subtopics. So for a really long time, I fell into the van life and Appalachian trail life. I spent probably a year watching Appalachian trail through hikes, Appalachian trail, what you should pack, mm-hmm. how you should do your ba- van builds. And all I could think about was like, I just want to live this van life. I'm six foot tall. I could not live in a van. I would have neck problems. I don't like driving. It's like you get so into like the magical side of how things look Mm -hmm. and not like the reality of what they are. And it's like with traveling all the time or being this jet setter, that's great for some people, but also just because it looks good doesn't mean that Mm -hmm. it's good for you. Mm -hmm. Oh, and even the people who are like, my dad is the definition of a jet setter and he will like, faint on an airplane because his body will be like stop and he'll be like nope I'm gonna go here now and so I was kind of I was kind of raised to like this is how we live like we're just this privileged family Mm -hmm. and my mom would even say to me like every time I leave the country I have a meltdown at least one time and if you go in back in my Instagram I always let you know when that meltdown (laughs) happens and my mom always says honey traveling is not for the faint of heart and because of Instagram more and more people think that they need to travel And more and more people are realizing, wow, sitting in a tube for 14 hours is fucking mortifying. And then you land in Bangkok where no one speaks English and you're supposed to fear, you know, and it's like traveling is not for the faint of heart. And I think the last thing that I'll say about this, I grew up in Salt Lake City. A majority, so much of the most beautiful nature you will see on Instagram is in Utah. So and my parents, <laughs> my parents would fly me to Hong Kong for summer to travel, but they never took me to Zion. You know, they never took me to Moab. I didn't see Utah. And so I think as I'm listening to you, it's like everyone's going on all these cool trips and all these cool places. It's like just where you live on the East Coast, like in New England. there's so much cool pretty stuff like just in Appalachia that you could go explore that like I wish I were closer to even though I live in this gorgeous place (laughs) you say like thinking about all the things around you I'm like I want to go to Oregon so bad to hike I want to go to Colorado so bad to hike but if I drove an hour maybe two hours I could probably see some great views I just don't look (laughs) here because it's too familiar exactly so it's like I think, and I think that the pandemic has done a great job of this is just like, look where you are. Like I did this great road trip through Yellowstone. That's totally in my bioregion. I didn't, you know, need to buy a plane ticket. And it was actually one of the best trips I've taken with my girlfriend. It was so fun. And so, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm loving this conversation. Like everyone, let's get back down to earth a little bit. Let's just... Yeah. Okay. But there was some specific things that I wanted to, um, well, there is another topic that I wanted to ask you about. First of all, you're six feet tall. I am. My mom is like six one. My dad's like six foot. He's shrinking, but I'm a very. I've, that was something that also very much 
contributed if if you're leading in towards like body thing uh-huh yeah from i mean from kindergarten i was always like if you had to line up for pictures i was always lined up with the boys in the back because i was yeah. the, i was the tallest girl always mm-hmm. always yeah. the tallest one i was yeah. taller than all of the guys that i may have had a crush on and i was mm-hmm. like i you know i can't you know these boys wouldn't even look at me because i was so much taller than them after high school i don't that does not matter I mean, it doesn't yeah. ever matter. I, my yeah. boyfriend now is shorter than me. But, like, in high school and middle school, that is, like, mm-hmm. you're dating someone taller than you or shorter than you. Like, that's mm-hmm. such a big thing in, you know, in primary school. Yeah. And that was something that was real hard <sighs> for me to overcome not mm-hmm. hating. Yeah. It's, it's funny because you actually make me think. I immediately think of class pictures and my girlfriends who were standing in the back row with the tallest boys who always, like – had these body image issues because they were just freaking tall, like still gorgeous, still as pretty as the rest of us. But when you're put in the back with all the tall boys and you're treated like you're this giant, I can only imagine. And I didn't know that you were that tall because I have yet to meet you in real life. (laughs) But when you said that, I'm like, whoa, my mind has to like adjust to seeing you as that tall. So I'm prepared when we meet someday. Um, But yeah, I guess that my, I, one of the questions I had written down here is how did you end up on a body positivity journey? Like, you know, why does that even matter so much to you out of all the things you could be supporting people on? And then when you said you're six feet tall, I was like, oh, maybe that's where it started. Yeah, I think just growing up, I was always just bigger, regardless of body, like fat or whatever. I, it took me, I mean, and these were things that I knew. I could sit there and tell myself, my friends, and this was like in high school, my friends that are 100 pounds, that's not ever going to be me because I have a foot more of bones on my body than these people that are 5'2". Mm-hmm. You know, I have bigger ribs because I am a larger person. You know, I used to even like, even things like my friends who had size six feet, I was so like, I'm size 11. I was so embarrassed that I had size mm-hmm. 11 feet. If I had a size six foot, I wouldn't be able to balance. I would fall over. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so I think just growing up, that was always there. I just never was happy with my body. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's society and everything mixed in, but I got to college and I, I would go through phases in high school where I would very unhealthily lose some weight. And I mean, I personally don't never like fully experienced an eating disorder, but I definitely had those. I mean, I don't know if we're talking about binge eating, I would say in college that definitely came up a lot more, but I mean, mm-hmm. I remember being a freshman in high school, looking up pro Anna blogs on Tumblr, like oh my God. how to be anorexic. Like wow. that was my mentality because mm-hmm. it wasn't like, obviously now like that is repulsive even coming out of my mouth. But, like that mm-hmm. was my thoughts, but like, that was what I was doing. I was like, I can't be anorexic because I can't stop eating. How do I be anorexic so I can be skinny? Oh and it God. was just because as we were, I was in the shower right before this. And I was thinking like, what might Jane ask me? And for some mm-hmm. reason, one of the things that so stuck out in my mind that I was like, I have to mention is I just remember looking on Tumblr because mm-hmm. that was the thing before Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I remember like the things of being like, how skinny can your legs be with the thigh gaps? And I mean, that. I think we've kind of moved on from some of like 2014, 15, Mm -hmm. 16 era of like that 
but not really. It's just in a different way. Now, instead of super skinny thigh gaps, now it's big butts and abs. Yeah. You know it's like, I where's mean? your ass? Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, went through like multiple phases of always back and forth, back and forth. And then I, I want to say like freshman year, I, I definitely came to college and gained a lot of weight after freshman year. I was eating mozzarella sticks and ramen noodles <laughs> every day and drinking four locos four times a weekend. So oh, I was definitely no. not treating myself well. Yeah. And then I kind of, it's actually, I started getting into fitness and working out because I would go get on the elliptical and I would, I had so much reading to do for school. Mm. I would download the books on my iPad. I would get on the elliptical and I would read for class on the elliptical. I'm so impressed by this skill of yours, (laughs) by the way. I love it. It's it's my favorite thing. But so I would read through the class through that. And then I kind of had this realization at the beginning of 2019 where I was like, I kind of feel like I feel a little bit better about myself. I think I've, you know, been having some healthier habits, but I wasn't thinking like that at the time. I was thinking mm-hmm. I look a little skinnier than I did. So mm-hmm. I must be doing something. Maybe I'll just propel that more. Mm-hmm. And then eventually I started doing like, I, I found I loved cycling because there was this girl named Bren that was the cycling instructor that would only play subtronics. So she would be like headbanging and we'd be like, it was aggressive. And nice. everyone else, every other cycling instructor, they would play like Justin Bieber. And I was not trying to get, I wasn't trying to do that. And so <laughs> I got really into that. And then I just realized that I was so much, I started to get to the point where I was so much happier, mm-hmm. not feeling quite as shitty all the time. Yeah. Wow. And so I would, my friend, my roommate at the time, we started doing a lot of workout classes in school when we could take advantage of the fact that we were free. So I started doing bar classes, yoga classes. That was the first time I ever took yoga classes in person. And then the pandemic happened and then mm-hmm. didn't work out. I thought we thought the world was ending. So I was eating Mac box, Mac and cheese and anything that was in the pantry. Cause why would you buy anything in the fridge if you don't know you can get food, you know? Oh my gosh. And then we started doing like my friends and I that I was living with at the time started doing like workout videos. And then it started to become once I moved into this new apartment, I would say that is like the main catalyst of like in 2020 around Mm -hmm. like July. I mean, all throughout that year, I had really started to lose a lot of weight by that point. And I really started to hear the comments. You look so good. You look so good. You've lost so much weight teach me how all those things. And at that point, I don't think it was I wasn't doing it for healthy reasons. Mm -hmm. Until I really started doing workouts at home, and I felt comfortable doing them at home. And, but I started to get bored of doing I hated like, I don't know if anyone remembers the area, the era of the Chloe Ting ab sculpting 15 minute thing that the two week Chloe Ting ab challenge everyone was doing during quarantine. It was hell. It was hell on earth. I hated it. And I was like, wow. why am I putting myself through this? Oh, thank God. Lo- I lived <laughs> with a personal trainer who built a gym in our house and would be like, let's go work out every day. So well, I missed all that. <laughs> I mean, no offense to Chloe Ting, but like, it, just, it was not good for me. Yeah. And then what really like shifted the game. I think I'm making this a really drawn out answer, but what shifted the game for me was my dad gave me some of his old dumbbells, like adjustable dumbbells. Mm. Cool. And I really, really started enjoying lifting weights. And then yes. that's around the time when I made the Instagram page and it started to become less about I'm doing this to lose weight. 
it was still there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was more about like, oh, I'm starting to get stronger and I'm seeing that I'm seeing more mm-hmm. physical results from working mm-hmm. out. And then I got tired of working out at home. So I started going to the gym and now I'm at the point where I, before it was so much of like, well, I went to the gym for four days and I didn't for five days. I got to start all over again. Mm. And I was talking about this the other day and it's, you're never starting over whether or not you went to the gym once, two years ago and you go again, you're not starting over. You, you were started it one of the first time you ever maybe moved your body. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so now it's just evolved into, I go to the gym because I, feel more energy, which I, I used to think was so bullshit when people would say that. <laughs> I was yeah, like, how do you yeah. feel more energy? You're tired. And yet when you first start going, when you're really out of shape, you do not feel more energy. Mm-hmm. You don't. Yeah. <laughs> but eventually you do. And eventually I realize now I go to the gym because it's fun. Like I feel mm-hmm. like it's a playground. I love lifting. I love seeing how much more I can lift. And it's just become such a positive thing where I, I every day for myself, I make like a, I started doing this recently where I do a like top three must do list and a top three mm. want to do list mm. because I noticed my to do list kind of got muddy of like, is this something I need to get done? Or is this just me putting go to the gym, take my dogs on a walk on the to do list? Mm-hmm. So now the gym is on my want to do list. It's not do list. And I just I mean, I have days where I feel Mm -hmm. shitty about myself always, but I genuinely have gotten to a point where like, I just don't feel as bad about myself and Mm -hmm. I enjoy working out and I see the benefit in eating good and feeling good, not because of size and I'm not perfect with it, but I see the change that I've made from when I started working out. And before I even started working out, when I would try to go to the gym and just in high school and just run on the elliptical and then sit in the sauna with a sweatshirt on to just try to sweat. Cause I was like, how yeah. can I get skinny? How can I get skinny? Mm-hmm. And now it's just not that for me. And that's just what made me want to share because I know mm-hmm. how shitty and terrible and awful it feels. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's kind of how it started. Into oh my what God. It was. Thank <laughs> you for sharing all that. And that's huge because what your story is showing us is that it's once I started enjoying taking care of myself, Mm -hmm. I started to like my body more. And that was my experience too. Like I hated my body. Um, And then I started learning to take care of myself. And and you heard me walk, talk through that on your podcast. Like, I don't even know if my body changed that much. Like I know that you experience like actual physical change in your body by losing weight. I really think that my perception of my body changed. And then of course I started getting stronger and um, okay. I have a few notes of how I want to respond because lifting weights is actually really cool. I think that if you're, you know, a lot of listeners are yogis who maybe don't know what to do with kettlebells or like don't know how to really do anything. And, when I met Bruna, I was this like really strong yogi, Bruna, my partner, but I had never lifted weights before. And she had these women's training classes and she just invited me to come. And it was like all these dope girls lifting weights like together, like helping each other, teaching each other. And I was so intimidated. I was so painfully intimidated to go and do something like that. But I have to say like, the feeling that you get when you think you can't lift something 
And then, you know, your coach or whoever is like, you've got this. Like, it's a really like a mind over matter type of thing. And you start to see how strong you really are. And then you start to feel it in your body and your posture kind of starts to change and, and, and everything starts to become more influenced. Like, I think as a woman, like, Everyone should just go try try lifting weights because I think that it's it's really really cool. It changes the way you feel about yourself. I started getting so strong that I <laughs> this is terrible, but <clears throat> I would be like walking in downtown to go to work and I'd be like, "Someone come mess with me." Like if so like, let's see what fucking happens. Like I'm ripped right now, <laughs> you know? And say that my boyfriend all the time, I'm like, "I just want I just want to get into a fight." And he's like, "But then I'd have to <laughs> like I don't want I'm not a aggressive person but he's like i'd have to step in i said no you would not if you exactly. get in fight, do not get involved if i ever get into a fight only get involved if i'm like pummeled to the ground i'm about to die yeah yeah and it's this really weird confidence and this is something i talk about with you know women in general is like feeling safe when you walk down the street feeling like people are looking at you and that was, and that's why I love the work Bruna does so much. She teaches women to be resilient through their strength. That's her whole mission. Love that. And it was like, oh, wow. After I started training with her, I'd walk down the street like, hey, guy, you want to look at me funny? Like, try me. Like, try me. And like, I might be overconfident. And Bruna was always like, I think you're a little overconfident, Jane. <laughs> but it's more about that feeling of I'm not afraid because I actually know I'm really, really strong and I'd like to see someone try to mess with me. Mm-hmm. I can see that really show up for myself with, I used to never, ever, I mean, every gym I've ever gone to for the most part has two sections. They have mm-hmm. the elliptical area with all the smaller weights machines. And then they have what I used to always coin the scary room, the men's room. I'm not stepping foot in there. I mean, the gym in college that I went to, I never once stepped foot into the area where they had, um, you know, like mm-hmm. the free weights, the barbells. Mm-hmm. I was terrified. Never once stepped in that area. Mm-hmm. And that intimidated me so bad. Now I walk in there and I'm like, I'm the only girl in here. Yeah, I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm the only girl yes. in here. Yes. <laughs> and like, exactly. It, when you said um, just like the confidence you get from lifting something heavy, it's so mm-hmm. much more than, than just the like building strength it is that Mm -hmm. but it's also I was listening to the podcast episode um the Jay Shetty podcast it was an interview with uh, Hassan Minaj I think that's his name um and remember that it's a new one my boyfriend had it on he got into Jay Shetty so now sometimes I'll come home to a Jay Shetty video and I'm like wow I love this I listen Um, to him all the time I'm like I have to go find how I missed that one yeah, it was one. Of, I think it was one of the newer ones. But That's one so of the funny. things that he had said was, I could be wrong. I might be saying the same wrong name. If anyone's listening to this and that doesn't exist, I'm sorry. It was some Shetty <laughs> podcast. I think that's okay. who it was with, though. Yeah. But he had said something that was like, you know, I don't remember his whole point. But it's, essentially what he was saying was pick one thing that is going to be the hardest thing that you do. And then you accomplish the hardest thing of your day. And like, sometimes that can look like, you know, doing something with your business and, Mm -hmm. or doing something for yourself or whatnot. But for me, like, that's when I'm sitting there and I'm like, I can't pick this up. I'm like, this is going to be the hardest thing that I do today. Anything Mm -hmm. else? Like that was my mentality yesterday. I was trying to get a PR and I was like, if I can lift this, this is going to be the hardest thing that I do all day. And it was, and I did it. And then the rest of the day I was like, I did that hard thing. Everything else is easy. Yeah. Oh my God. Amazing. And I just think any woman who walks into 
the scary room where all the men are grunting and yelling and throwing things yeah. like go in there and own it especially because then like I would have never done that group with Bruna if there weren't like 10 dope girls that are now my friends mm. being like you've got this oh let me show you or like here use this weight instead you know like it wasn't just her coaching us it was like all of us supporting each other that was like one of the biggest losses in the pandemic was that that three days a week group of girls mm-hmm. no longer everybody misses that a lot but. that it, yeah that was it, it's funny you said that. I didn't even remember that this was until you said that but when I mm-hmm. started going to the gym even a couple months ago, the first time I walked into the gym, I came home and I cried because I was like, I haven't mm-hmm. been to the gym in so long. I don't know. I just don't know these machines. Mm-hmm. And still then, even after a year or two years of really, you know, working on myself, getting more fit, I didn't go into the bottom area of the gym. Mm-hmm. Scary part. I'm using quotes. <laughs> um, until I had a friend that was lifting longer than I was. I mm-hmm. checked her in as a guest and I made her come. Well, I didn't make her. She came with me. Mm-hmm. And she just like did a set of all the things like mm-hmm. hip thrust. I don't know why it was so terrifying to figure yeah. out how to put on a weight on the bar. Mm-hmm. But like if you just have someone do it with you and it's so not scary. Anymore. Yeah, exactly. Like I would walk in. I would I had no idea how to manage a gym. Like I was the girl. Yeah. I'll, I'll use a treadmill and like I'll call it good. I'm a yogi. That's all I need, which as I always say, you, you don't need just yoga. You need squats. You need pulls. You need all these other movements. And I would not have any idea what to do in a gym if it weren't for Bruna. And if you're wanting to go to a gym, exactly what you said, like ask a friend to just come with you and assist you and show you how to do a few things because you're going to be so much more confident. And then maybe you'll meet someone there and you can learn from them. And, and I like to think that's kind of how it is, but I'm not a big gym rat. So, so I should really stop, stop ranting on this. Um, Bruno will be proud. <laughs> I know she's, oh no, she'd be like, you haven't come to the gym in weeks, Jay, and shut up. Um, so, which is funny because right now I'm like, I'm going through, it's just funny that we're talking about this because the past few months I've been like very internal and like not as active And like, I'm still practicing yoga, but I'm not really like pushing myself very hard and I'm not feeling as strong as I normally am. And there's these moments where it weighs on me mentally, like, am I okay? Because like, I like feeling really, really strong and like my arms don't look very ripped right now. Like I just look like normal, like thin Jane. And then I'm like, snap out of it. It's winter's coming. Like you're fine. Like just get over yourself, you know? And and we can get so wrapped up in these things. Um, um, I have to say, when you, I, and I just, it's like so funny how much I don't want to bring it up, but because I don't want to, I think that I should. When you said that you were looking at like pro Anna tumblers, my body was like so triggered because I did that too. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, the fact that that exists, like I don't think there is a more toxic place on the internet And I hope that it doesn't exist anymore. I hope that it's not there, but it really is frightening to me to think back on memories of being a young girl and thinking, how can I be skinnier when I was a hundred pounds and five, five, like I was always skinny. Why, why was I always wondering how I could get skinnier? And I would go from some Pinterest fitspo to some how to lose weight. And then before you know it, you're in like some Tumblr pro Anna world that's like super terrifying, super dark, super scary. 
but then you're like addicted to the darkness of it. It's Tumblr's a dark place. <laughs> oh my God. Like I think back on that and like, I obviously went through like a very, very dark era of having a very serious eating disorder and really losing touch with my body. But again, like there, are you guys seeing the theme here of the internet influencing the way that we think we should be? And what I, what I want to get to is when I'm looking back on these memories, trying to think like, why, why was I that way? You know, like it wasn't me. It wasn't like something wrong with me. It was this societal message that women should be small. Like even if you're even if you're small, already be smaller, be quieter, don't speak up, matter less. And I just it's one of those things that goes in my head over and over again like why do we think we have to be small? And how can we change this? And I just am curious what you have to say about that. Hmm. That is, I think, I, I don't know why the first thing that came up when you said that, just like a random, random memory, this before I get into how I think we could work on it, was <laughs> I remember when I used to work at Aeropostale in high school, one of the things that was so triggering to me, and this is like such a weird memory, is when I would fold the camis. If anyone remembers like the Aeropostale camis, <laughs> those were like all the rage. Everyone was wearing them under t-shirts and stuff, but I was always the extra large one in everything. And I remember working there and folding the extra small camis and seeing the pile go down in like a, you know, the bottom gets bigger, it's taller. And that mm-hmm. was one of those things like stuff like that is like not, I don't say not talked about enough. Cause I think it is like growing, you know, people are talking more about their experience with that, but there's just like so many areas where it is like, like I don't know why that's a thing memory that came to my mind but it was Mm -hmm. just like Mm -hmm. that was like front in my mind when you said that but I really think for me what has like really helped change my mindset is honestly just it sounds so much easier to say like stop caring (laughs) that would be so easy if we could all just stop caring yeah but really trying to like reevaluate Like, that's why personally for me, body positivity just like wasn't, it seemed so forced Mm -hmm. because I was saying over and over again, I should love myself. I should love myself. I love my body. But that wasn't true. It wasn't true. I was telling myself these lies to myself every day to try to make myself feel better Mm -hmm. until I started to realize, you know, I don't, my body doesn't have to be about how it looks. There's also its functions, my brain, like all the other things that your body Mm -hmm. is and does. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was the most that and like unfollowing the things that aren't like, even just when people I think like the new age, like, okay, maybe, I mean, it probably still exists somewhere. Maybe there's not pro Anna tumblers right now. But there are people on Instagram who are, you know, like the 10 minute ab. I mean, Mm -hmm. not all. I don't think all short directed videos are bad but you know just like these like the concept of like get skinny quick like Mm -hmm. it's so much everything of Mm -hmm. like what you see it's it's really just like the diet culture in general Mm -hmm. we just need to collectively continue to reject the things that as Mm -hmm. we see like I think it's just like you know growth as like a society to realize that the things that maybe we didn't fully realize were so negative mm-hmm. and harmful are like, mm-hmm. even when I was like 
like what I eat in a day is that's so just like you don't need yeah. to tell anyone what you eat if you want to make something that's like and I mean I did this a couple weeks like not weeks but like a couple months ago I was making mm-hmm. posts like that but now it's really just thinking about like how is everything that you're doing that you maybe think is like oh this is for my health mm-hmm. is it is it really is for it? your health yeah and like now that it is for me I see how much it used to not be mm-hmm. at all <laughs> like to if you want to if you if you're a person that's like thinking about making food content like maybe make like if you want to make like make food idea videos but to say like this is what I eat as like it's so toxic mm-hmm. there's so many things that we do that even I've learned in the past you know since starting a page I didn't have my Instagram page for a full year and I've realized that some of the things that I was doing are so harmful even though even mm-hmm. like mm-hmm little things that I'm, you might not think are, I think it's just like being open to like question Mm -hmm. where your ideas are coming from. Yes. And also like, if you did post things in the past that like don't align with you anymore, that's okay. Like we all get to, or you can keep it up. (laughs) Yeah. You can say that was me back then. Or like, that's not me anymore. I'm going to delete it. Like you're totally allowed to change your mind and make mistakes and evolve and grow and, and see things more clearly. And it's interesting because I, I, I think that we do say that like, um, diet culture is dying and that like, it's more in to be curvy now. But then I, I literally like, this was forever ago. I saw an ad that was like, this drink will get you thick fast. Like this drink will get you like the ass you want. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is so messed up because we used to go from like, oh my God, there's like so many thoughts coming into my head right now, but we used to go from like, oh, just don't eat anything for a few days. Like, don't worry about your kidneys or your brain. Like your heart doesn't need any calories. It's fine. And now it's just like everything, everything is like your body isn't okay the way it is. And if you're curvy, you sh- and like this is something, if you're curvy and you have like stretch marks and scars, you should like put on sexy lingerie and take like really sexy photos of it. And it's like, no, you don't have to do that either. Like you don't have to be body positivity in the way that we're seeing models be body positivity. And I think that I just, I get this question all the time. Like just the other day, a girl asked me, she was doing my nails. She was like, so does yoga help you lose weight? I get that question so much more than I would ever expect. And I'm always like, It's like, I don't know how to answer it because I want to say like, babe, it's not about losing weight. Yeah, It's about loving your body the way that it is and, or, or not loving your body the way it is, which is what I love that you said. Like, it's okay. Like this girl, obviously she kept on like ragging on her body in our conversation while she was doing my nails. And I was like, this is making me really sad. Mm -hmm. Maybe if I had told you, oh girl, you'll lose weight so fast. Come to my yoga class. And then she would come to my yoga class and just start to feel into her body again and feel like, wow, it's so cool that it moves like this and that I can breathe and then I can fold and then I can stretch. And then afterwards I feel so good that maybe I make a better decision and I like make myself a really good breakfast instead of skipping it and just having coffee. And then it's this like domino effect of just like you going to the gym, like, then all of a sudden I feel really good and I kind of want to maintain that good energy. 
And then years go by of this lifestyle and I look in the mirror and I'm like, I don't know if my body's changed, but I love it. It's keeping me alive and I'm taking amazing care of it. And it's not really about losing weight. It's just about feeling good in your body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And <laughs> I think that has like been so proven to me by the fact that I've been a size four, I've been every size in between a four and a 16. And mm. I know that I wasn't happier at four for mm -hmm. any reason other than that I put in a lot of work, not my body at all. Like, I remember all that I ever thought would make me happy would be a thigh gap. You know, that was everything that 14 year old me wanted was a thigh gap. I thought that was going to solve all my problems. Well, let me tell you, I have a little, a little gap sometimes in between my thighs now. And I don't feel, I don't feel happy about it. I don't care. I don't care at all. Yeah. It's like those things where it's like, I, even up until like recently, it's like, you know, I feel really good. I feel really intuitive with my eating and going to the gym. All I want is abs. That's my goal. I want some abs. Well, I, I just don't think abs are going to make me happier. And you know, when you, yes. think that, I, you know, abs aren't going to make you any happier and all the things that you think having, you know, a bigger butt or this, and this is such a cliche, which is why I wish I could think of a way to say it. That wasn't so cliche. Yeah. So it would like get in your pretty little head <laughs> that mm -hmm. no part mm -hmm. of your body is going to make you any happier mm -hmm. or less happy or take away any trauma that you went through or make you feel more accepted or make mm -hmm. a boy or girl love you more. Yeah. It's just not, no. it's just not, no. your body's not going to do that. No. And, and I think something that I wish that I had learned, and this is like probably just like boring facts, but I wish that they had told me, as a young girl in like health class, which was just such a waste of my time, every health class I ever took in public school, like your brain, and uh, I wish I would have pulled up the numbers, but I'm just gonna like make them up. Your brain needs like 560 calories a day just to function. Your liver needs like 780 or something like that. Your heart needs like 340. And so when you're like, I was counting calories and like always trying to cut back, and I want people to realize that when you're not feeding yourself well, whether you're overeating, binging, restricting, whatever it is, you're actually messing with the chemistry of your brain and your entire body. And you are not going to be happier. And so, yeah, Emily, you might be able to become a size four, but you're not going to function well. The light in your eyes will not be there. Your skin will be dull. Your kidneys will be like failing to keep you alive. Mm -hmm. And I just wish that we could change our awareness into like, my body is this thing from the earth that just needs all the nutrients that I can give it and, and all of the movement and action and, and sweat and anything that I want to give it and like, give it more. Like, I think the point I'm trying to make is like, don't restrict yourself at all ever for anything. Mm -hmm. And you are going to feel so much better in your life. Yeah. And I think so many people hear that and automatically think, well, okay, eat McDonald's every single meal of the day. Mm -hmm. You know, when you say, when someone's saying that, that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to like binge out and like to a point where you're in pain or like 
I just think when people hear that, sometimes they reject it because they don't think that you can be quote unquote healthy and also eat whatever the fuck you want. Mm -hmm. I have, I feel like now I eat more balanced than ever and obviously don't eat anything the way that I'm saying to eat it, but like you can have healthier options Mm -hmm. and still eat what you want, or you can, Mm -hmm. you know, try to be a little bit more like you don't have to be healthier because someone's telling you to be healthier to get a certain way. Mm-hmm. You can just, you know, recognize that you do at the end of the day, you do need some veggies, some, some nutrients <laughs> to, to live, like you said. Yeah. So yes, in that sense, you should strive to include more nutrient dense things in your diet, mm-hmm. but then you can also have whatever else you want. Yeah, too. Have whatever you want. <laughs> you can exactly. have whatever you want. And I think people miss that point where it's like, Oh, mm-hmm. well, eat whatever you want. Like, oh, okay, I'll eat I can't think of McDonald's. Then we reroute, we reroute the conversation into like, eat what the earth made for us to eat. And then if you're craving something and, and I'm wondering, have you ever read the book intuitive eating? I didn't read that one specifically, but I read mm-hmm. one that was called body neutrality. And mm-hmm. that one was really, that book like was one of the top books I read this year about that oh, nice. topic. Mm-hmm. But it talked a lot about intuitive eating. It referenced mm-hmm. that books a lot in okay. it. So they yeah. kind of work hand in hand. That book is like, to me, if there's, uh, it's funny. I'm like, I'm really hoping that there's nobody listening that struggles with anything that we're talking about. But I think that's also very unrealistic of me. And if there is anyone listening who is like, okay, what does this even mean? Because I think it is maybe a little bit over positive to say just like don't restrict and just enjoy everything if you want to learn like the science of it the book intuitive eating is really amazing because it break down it breaks down diet culture and helps us just learn to listen to our bodies and then if you're listening to your body and you're eating you know burgers every single day you're gonna hear when your body is like hey this doesn't feel good can we i'm craving something else um So yeah, that's all I have to say about that. I think that the last thing I just wanted to ask you just because when you, when I asked you to be on the show, you were like, oh my God, I'm going to be a guest on my very favorite podcast, which is like the sweetest thing ever. But I guess I'm just curious if there's like a specific episode or a message or like a specific reason why you love this show so much. Hmm. I think so far. I don't know if I have one specific one. I think what I like about this podcast is how I think like when you in the first episode talked about the contemplations, Mm -hmm. I like that it's just kind of having a conversation. And I think Mm -hmm. that was one of that is actually something that has inspired me to want to revamp the podcast. My podcast is instead of going into it being like, I have this specific topic that I have to talk about. Mm -hmm. It's just a conversation about something that probably will reach a point. Like yesterday when I was listening to your podcast, I was like walking down the street, walking my dogs. I was like, I cried when I dropped off my dog to get fixed too. Thank you. I literally almost voice remembered you. Like, I feel like a, I feel like a monster every time I put my collar on my dog because I wouldn't (laughs) want a collar on my neck. So I think it's just that I, I just feel very like not that with every podcast, but for some reason, specifically with your podcast, I feel like every episode, I'm like, I have to message you and tell you something about it. And I don't get that with all podcasts that I listen to. 
Hmm. So I don't know. I think your podcast makes me, think, or makes me like relate to what you're saying, even mm-hmm. if I don't relate. Like I didn't, I haven't gone through a lot of the things that you have, but for mm-hmm. some reason, when I'm listening to those episodes, I feel like I can understand. Oh, I love that. And uh, that really means a lot to me because some days I'm like, wow, you should have like a whole talk planned for your show. And I honestly just, I come on in an inspired state with the intention of bringing warmth and validation to anyone who's listening. And so that just, you know, I'm like, I just, I just kind of wanted to hear um, what you thought, because this is episode 15, like it's still a baby podcast. And I'm honored to have you on the show because I love your show. So go check out Seeking Serenity, the podcast. It's on Spotify and iTunes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's actually like, if you use Anchor, which is like the hosting platform, it, they put it on like mm-hmm. all the, the weird ones that no one listens to. Too, oh, but nice. This has definitely, I was really nervous before this because I, I haven't sat down in front of, I mean, I'm using headphones, but my microphone in so, <laughs> so long. But this has just reminded me that I just really like talking. And that's why I mm-hmm. wanted to do it at the beginning was just because mm-hmm. I have a lot of thoughts. Yeah. And the whole reason why I started the podcast was like, I have a lot of thoughts and I need somewhere to put them. Yes. Yeah. And And then I started comparing it to others and the views and the listens. Mm -hmm. And honestly, if I start the podcast again, which I want to, I'm going to delete the anchor app that shows me how many listens each episode gets because Mm -hmm. that's what I cared about. It doesn't matter. The numbers, anything, any, the weight, the numbers, the followers. Yeah. Matter. Oh my gosh. We all need to detach from, numbers having any meaning in our lives and also like if 35 people listen to your podcast like imagine if 35 people were in this room right now listening to us we would be like oh hey cool what's yeah. up like, like you know we, we might even get a little bit like shy because that's a lot of people um that's something I always think about but yeah just let go of numbers you guys numbers don't mean anything they don't exist they're not real <laughs> More of the story, let go of everything. Yeah. Numbers, expectations, Instagram. Just let go of everything. Yeah. If, let go. if it's not bringing you joy, let it go. You know, even the great resignation, if you don't like your job, it's cool to just quit now. You know, just yeah. this, is how we, this is how we change the status quo is when we say, I don't like how things are going, so I'm going to just change it. And so I'm just proud of you for, Thank it's you. like your story, you like are constantly coming back into your power and like rerouting yourself and coming back to you and getting stronger every time you do it. And so I'm just excited for you to keep on sharing your message. Go follow her on Seeking Serenity 1111, right? On Instagram. Yeah, I gotta throw that angel number in there. Yeah, don't forget the angel number. Check out her podcast. And I'm sure that if you feel inspired by this, she would love to hear from you. Yes. Anything else you'd like to say to the audience? I just really enjoyed this episode. Thank you for having me on. I yeah. feel I obviously we talk often. So and mm-hmm. I've worked with you. I don't I don't look at you as a celebrity, but when you were like, Do you want to be on my podcast? I was like, oh my god. I want a celebs <laughs> podcast. Like I want a oh podcast I listen to. So thank you for having You're me so on. You're so sweet. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you everybody for listening and have a beautiful day. <laughs>